Praise the Lord. Happy Mother's Day to all of you. I'm so grateful for each one of you, for your love, care, and your presence here is very, very welcomed. And this church wouldn't be what it is without the contribution of faithful mothers that are being giving their life to serve Jesus and to serve the church. So honor to the mother this morning. Praise God. I entitled my sermon this morning, More Than a Mother, because I truly believe that motherhood is more than simple giving birth to uh, a son. There's more that is involved. And uh, as I was praying what to share for this uh, message this morning, uh, I went to look at the last uh, chapter of the letter to the Romans, where the Apostle Paul is uh, uh, expressing his love, his support to many people that are influenced his Christian life, his Christian walk with God. And uh, in that chapter, uh, I believe that Paul is quoting or uh, more than uh, uh, 20 persons, exactly 29, I believe, and most of them he knew personally. So he had a relationship with them. And what is interesting here, at verse 13, there is a, a small biographical reference that many times we overlooked. But I'm grateful that the Lord brought me to meditate on this verse 13. And I want to read with you. Romans chapter 16, verse 13 says, uh, as Paul is greeting many in this chapter, greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, also his mother, who has been a mother to me as well. Paul is making a reference here to a person, and he called a person, not by name, but, but what she was doing for him, and what she was for him, a mother. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the reading of your word. We thank you for the privilege that we have to share your word, O oh Father. And this morning, as we honor mothers, we honor you first and foremost. You bless us with the godly mothers in our lives, O oh God. And I pray this morning that we can learn more about your grace in our lives. Father, we are challenged to honor them. So please work in our lives, I pray, through this message. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I believe that Mother's Day is more than a cultural or a commercial promoted holiday. I know that uh, people are expert in marketing says that business is uh, receiving a very boost on uh, holidays like Mother's Day. Why? Because there's a lot of uh, gifting going around and stuff like that. But I believe again that Mother's Day is more than a commercial holiday. Is something that is spiritual. And we need to understand that the Bible says to honor father and mother. If we go back in the book of Exodus chapter 20 and Deuteronomy chapter 5, we will see the repetition of the law that God gave, the Ten Commandments. And part of the Ten Commandments is this commandment to honor mother and father. Also, this is one of the promises that God has given to us. Because as we honor mother and father, we receive a, a blessing to see our days being prolonged on earth. So there is something more, again, I say, that a simple commercial holiday. 
Even Jesus in Matthew chapter 15 and Paul in chapter 6 of the letter to the Ephesians reaffirm again the importance of honoring parents and matter in this case. But even without those scriptural reference or mandates, simply understanding the blessing that matters can be to us should promote in our hearts a sense of gratitude for what matters have done for our lives. And I'm so grateful that this morning we can celebrate their faithfulness to the Lord, especially those who believe in Jesus. You see, Paul's statement could be taken in more than one way. Actually, there are some people that think that Paul is referring to different women here and says one is the mother of Rufus and the other one is the biological mother of Paul. However, the majority of the commentaries and the scholars of the scriptures understand that this is referring to only one person. And this is the matter of Rufus. If we look clearly, uh, commentaries like the Grace New Testament commentary clearly are saying that Paul refers to the mother of Rufus as his own mother or other mother that he received by the Lord to be blessed with. So we will look at this as a, the mother of Rufus, but also as an adoptive mother for the Apostle Paul. And you see, Paul didn't forget the benefit he received from his other mother. It was spiritual mother. After almost 20 past years, as he's writing from the city of Corinth to the believers in Rome, he's mentioned this matter. He didn't forget the impact that this woman had on his own life. And I'm so grateful that we can remember clearly the impact that godly mother, spiritual mother, biological mother can have in the lives of children or even adults. So today we are looking with God's help in what this lady had to do with the life of Paul. And at the same time we can be challenged to apply some of those points in our own life. Rufus uh, had this uh, special mother that impacted the life of Paul. We don't know exactly how we can make some kind of speculation. And this morning I will not go through the scriptures as an expository sermon, but I will study with you some points in the scriptures that will give us the idea that this mother was also the spiritual mother for the Apostle Paul. So please bear with me. First of all, I want to say this. A godly mother may be broken, yet not crushed. And this is very specific to this family where Rufus was born. You see, it is very likely that the Gospel of Mark, where the writer Mark writes some reference to Rufus, was a addressed to the believers in Rome. Most probably, according to some scholars, Mark wrote the gospel while he was in Rome. And because of that, he named Simon's sons, Rufus and Alexander, because uh, the believers in Rome, they knew very well these two believers and these two brothers. And uh, also the story that is told in Mark chapter 15, where in verse 21, 
we read about the father of Rufus and Alexander. It was a certain Simon of Cyrene. And if you remember, it was the man that was uh, obliged to help Jesus to carry the cross while he was on his way to Golgotha. Mark 15, 21 says, And they compelled a passerby, Simon of Cyrene, who was coming in from the country, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to carry his cross. And most probably, at any rate, sometimes the events of Paul's conversion in chapter 9 of the book of Acts, he writes to these believers of Rome, and probably during this time, this matter had a very high impact on his life. We don't know exactly when. This woman, this physical mother of Rufus, was also the spiritual mother for the Apostle Paul. And Paul refers to Rufus as the chosen the Lord. It means that Paul clearly had a very well connection with Rufus. But let's read first in Acts chapter 6 verse 9, where the Bible says, Then some of those who belonged to the synagogue of the freedmen, as it was called, and of the Cyrenians, so among them, most probably, it was Simon. And of the Alexandrians, of those from Cilicia in Asia, rose up and disputed with Stephen. And due to this persecution that happened in the city of Jerusalem after the first martyr of the church, Stephen, the believers were scattered everywhere. And a group of those people went to Antioch in Syria. Among those believers that scattered from Jerusalem to Antioch, we find Simon of Cyrene. Simon of Cyrene was coming from the region of the actual Libya. He was called to carry the cross of Jesus. Scholars in the tradition of the church says that because of that, he became a Christian. He gave his life to Christ. He became one of the most prominent people in Antioch. In Acts chapter 13, we read something that refers to Simon. So it means that they emigrated. They were scattered in the city of Antioch. Why? I'm saying to you and I'm giving to you all this geographical or historical context. Because you understand what this lady went through. Try to imagine. She emigrated from Libya to Jerusalem. She thought she could have a, a quiet life there. When he was commanded to carry the cross, he was coming from the countryside. So he had an occupation. Now, her husband, that was a devout Jew, changed religion. She cannot understand why. But eventually, Simon influenced her life, and she became a Christian too. Now, the dream to be back in Jerusalem, to have a normal life, is scattered. She cannot stay there, so she must emigrate again. That dream was scattered again. She's broken, but yet she's not crushed. She knows that God has a plan for her life. 
And I believe matters that you may go through moments like this where some of your dreams can be scattered, where some of your aspiration can be completely crushed in your heart. But if you keep your eyes on the person that called you, if you keep your eyes on God, you can have a purpose and meaning in your life. Because your purpose doesn't depend from where you live, but depends from who you believe. I strongly believe that. You see, the strength that we have doesn't come from what we have. Doesn't come from what God is placing us. It comes from our faith in God, in Him. And today, as this couple scattered again in the city of Antioch, they had a greater purpose. And uh, we see that uh, Simon was part of one of the teachers in Antioch. In chapter 13, verse 1 and 2, Simon is uh, together with Lucius from Cyrene. And this relates it to Paul. You see, Paul, after his conversion, went through a lot. After Paul's conversion in the city of Damascus, he was brought to Jerusalem from Barnabas. But many believers couldn't believe that the persecutor of the church could become an apostle of God. So they were very skeptical on the person of Paul. And uh, look at what happened to this man. He now is a Christian. The old Pharisees that he belonged to, they hate him. But also the church doesn't trust him. <laughs> so it's a very difficult situation. And because of what is going on in Jerusalem, his life is in danger. The Pharisees that trust him to persecute and imprison the Christians, now they hate him very strongly. So the believers, they bring him back to the city where he was born in Tarsus. And Paul is emarginated from the church this time, from his family. And it's there that he must suffer loss. We have another reference of his life in Philippians, chapter 3. In that passage, Paul speaks that all that he had, being a Pharisees among the Pharisees, Hebrews of Hebrews' parents, all the knowledge that he had accumulated in the past is considered nothing, rubbish, comparing to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. So most probably his own biological parents forget about Paul. They disown him. So he's alone. is afraid maybe of the future. And when uh, the believers in Antioch experience a revival, the church in Jerusalem sends Barnabas to see what is going on. And when Barnabas arrived in Antioch, he understand that there is a ground, that there is space for this young soul that eventually becomes Paul to be used by the Lord to bring revival in teaching about the scriptures. So Barnabas goes and calls Paul from Tarsus and he brings with him in Antioch. And he's there in Antioch that Paul is used by the Lord to teach the scriptures to those believers. 
So is there most probably that Paul was welcomed by the mothers of Rufus. It was there that he experienced encouragement. It was there that a mother experienced purpose. It was there that a mother understood that she can be a blessing for this young man. She understood that in her brokenness, God will use her to find meaning for this young minister of the Lord. You see, matters, I want to tell you something. Even when you are broken, God has a purpose for your life. Even when there is something that for you doesn't make any sense, God has a purpose. It's just to open your eyes and understanding that God is always in control. There is nothing that can surprise God. And uh, the mother of Rufus, whom we don't know the name clearly, understood that she could be a spiritual mother to this young preacher. She offers her service with devotion. She offers to Paul something that he cannot receive from his biological parent. You see, this brings me to the second point I want to share with you. A godly mother sees the opportunity to serve God. A godly mother opened her eyes and is able to offer the tender care to somebody that is in need of comfort, to somebody that needs to be nurtured in the faith. His mother and mine, Paul says, his mother by nature, mine by maternal kindness, says the Webster and Wilkinson Biblical Dictionary. Another commentary, the commentary on the Holy Scriptures of Romans in page 448 says, Fervid expression of gratitude for the enjoyment of friendly care that Paul obtained from this matter. The two words and mine recall the fact that this lady once gave Everything to this man in the ministry, Paul, abandoned by his own family, abandoned by his own mother. This man finds comfort in this woman. It's amazing here. Her name is never mentioned. Possibly the mother of Rufus was just a simple woman. And on the surface, there seems to be nothing outstanding about this woman. But nevertheless, she was the person that God used to bless the life of Paul. And I'm fervently convinced, even if this mother Rufus didn't have the ability of Priscilla, the wife of Aquila, even if this mother didn't have the business and the entrepreneurial skills that Lydia, another important lady in Philippi, had, she was used by the Lord to care for the Apostle Paul. I'm telling you something. She was just a housekeeper, most probably. But she offered to the Lord whatever she had. Lord, maybe I'm not a teacher. Maybe, Lord, I'm not an entrepreneur. But whatever I have, I want to use to honor you as I bless this young man, Paul. She's an opportunity to serve. 
And let me tell you, many times we think about great women, great matters. The other day, while I was driving, I was listening to the radio, and there was this preacher, Dr. Jeremiah, that was quoting the great matters of history in the United States. He quoted the matter of Abraham Lincoln, um, other important uh, figures. But this woman gave it to Paul, whatever she had. You don't need to be a superwoman to be used by God. You need to have faith in the God that can use you for a super work. I truly believe that Paul wouldn't be the Paul that we know now in the scripture without the influence of this godly matter. And you don't know how much or how many time you can impact the life of somebody that God can give it to you. Can be your biological child or can be your spiritual child. God knows. You have to seize the opportunity. I want to tell you an illustration said by Roberto Assagioli. Roberto Assagioli is a, a psychiatrist from Italy. Is the creator, the father of the psychosynthesis. It's a branch of psychology. He mentioned a story of three stone cutters that were building a cathedral in the Middle Age. And there were three men that were cutting stones to build this cathedral. And he asked the same question to the all three men. What are you doing? So the first man said, are you crazy? He answered with an attitude. They give me a stone, I make a block of the stone, and they remove from me, and they give me another stone without any purpose, and I have to cut it again. It's a crazy man what is going on here. Then he asked the second stone cutter. and He said, what are you doing, sir? Oh, I'm cutting stones so I can support my family. I can give a future to my children. I can bring bread in my household. Then there is the third man. What are you doing, sir? And this man looked at the person that posed that question. And with sense of fulfillment says, I'm cutting stones. Because one day, people in darkness will come in this cathedral. And will be delivered by the power of the message that will be preached in this cathedral. So people will move from darkness to light. And I'm building for the purpose. You understand the different ways that you can see cutting stones? You can see your role as a matter. Of something that is imposed to you. Or something the best perspective that you create an opportunity for your family. But there is more than that. There is having the purpose to see how God can use your labor to impact not only your present generation, but also the generations to come. Praise God for that vision. And Rufus' mother was one of them. She understood that this man had an eye call of God in his life. And because she was able to meet with him, she thought, 
I will give this young man all the love, all the care that I can do. I will wash the clothes. I will prepare food for him because this man one day will become the apostle of the Gentiles. With this man one day will write epistles that will be defined millions of believers through the centuries. And that's what she did. She saw beyond, beyond whatever was the task given to her in that moment. It matters, I want to challenge you this morning. What is your vision of your motherhood? What are you doing? Are you understanding the call that God has given to you? Find purpose in God. Work to fulfill the call of God. Find purpose that is higher. You can impact lies through who you are. That you may be a biological matter or a spiritual matter. Honor your opportunities. Accept your responsibilities. And radiate the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, it's unbelievable the opportunity that we can have here in Montreal. There are so many foreign students here in Montreal. Kids that most of the time they're leaving their home. And they feel alone. And they don't have the support of their families. Most of the time they have no even faith. Or if they are faith, now they are in a hostile environment. Where sinful actions are very common. They look desperately for family. Maybe they look desperately for Parents, matters. I have a friend of mine, a dear pastor, is fostering kids that come from different parts of the world to study in Canada. And he is amazed how every time that people come from different parts of the world and they share who they are, not oblige them to come in church, but just giving them love and care, punctually. Those students are attending church with them and they become Christians most of the time. And they have so many spiritual daughters and sons from different parts of the world. This is an example. What about in the church? When we see maybe people coming to the Lord and they are not welcomed in their own family because they choose to become Christians. They choose to be faithful servant of the Lord. Those people need support. They need to be encouraged. Don't cause yourself to such opportunities that the Lord has given to us. And you know, I say this in a very specific way. Because my own father was disowned by his own parents because he became Christian. And this happened during the war, Second World War II. In a time where... Famine, misery was going on. He became to know Jesus Christ and he accepted him as a personal savior. In a very Catholic environment, this was a blasphemy for the family, a curse for the family. And my grandmother says, you are no more our sons. You need to make a decision. If you want to serve God, this is no more your home. And my father says, mom and dad, I love you and always love you. But I cannot renounce it to my Savior, Jesus Christ. You decide what to do.
So my father has to leave the house and a family from the church took him in. It provided for him. Not knowing that my father eventually will become an adult, he will become a pastor, he will become a servant of the Lord, and eventually, under his ministry, more than 18 pastors were sent out in many different parts of the world. I'm one of them. Just because a family, a mother chose to be the mother that didn't have at that moment. The good news is that even his biological mother, my grandparents, became Christians at that time. Some years later. All the family came to the Lord. Because of the faithfulness. Not only my father, but also that family that took him in. You understand where I'm going? Matters, open your eyes. Church, let's honor matters that they have an open vision to reach the world. You see... A godly mother makes the difference. This is my third point. A godly mother makes the difference. Let me say something. Today, parenting is often disconnected from motherhood. We are living at a time where our school system is not preparing you to become a parent. It's preparing you to avoid to get pregnant. And if you follow a pre-mom class. They teach you how to nurse. They teach you how to take care of the baby. But less is pointed out towards the character of the mother. And being a mother according to some values that are found in the Bible. So often the most important elements of good parenting are completely ignored. Such things as faithfulness, compassion, forgiveness, self-sacrificing. Encouraging or being a spiritual follower of Jesus Christ is completely missed in our today preparation of becoming a parent and mother. But you know, this lady is teaching us something very important. That she was loving God by serving Paul. Because something was in her heart. She lived in a time when many of her fellow Israelites didn't believe in what Paul was believing. They didn't believe what she was believing. But she chose to be faithful to the Lord. Rufus' mother proved their devotion to Jesus by ministering the Lord's apostle in a time of great need. Her godliness most probably was seen in her hospitality. As I mentioned before, in the way that she was preparing food for Paul, in the way that she encouraged him in moments where she felt loneliness from his family. Doubts maybe could come in the mind of this young man, Paul. But she was there. She offers the support. And that's why Paul, almost 29 years later, can say, she was a mother also to me. Paul didn't forget. And let me tell you something. When you impact a life, that life will never forget. Mother, matters, you can do great job for the work of the Lord. And you also will receive the reward from the Lord. You know the difference between a house and a home. And for me, I'm learning English, still learning. The two terms are almost similar. 
But it is not like that. You can have a house, but you cannot have a home. Right? You can not own a house, but you can have a home. Why? Because the matter creates the atmosphere of a home. And let me tell you something. Here, we have a matter that was able to create an atmosphere of love and care and passion for the gospel where this young apostle of the Lord could grow in maturity. I truly, again, believe that the life of Paul could have been more, 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 and much different without the influence of this godly matter. Again, my brothers and sisters, we are called to understand that Mother's Day is not just a commercial day. Let's pray for our mothers. Let's call the blessing of God in their lives. And this is what we want to do at the end of the sermon. I want to ask after women that are mother, biological, but also that they feel called to become a mother to somebody else to stand. And we want to bless them with prayer. Because we truly believe that this is a mission that today in our world, in our society, godly mothers need to stand out. And if you are a servant of the living God, you can be used by the Lord to do something great for his own glory. Let me go to the final application. We have to express gratitude for godly mothers. A mother is more than a noun. It's a verb to mother somebody. You see, the fact that the Spirit preserves Paul's expression of thanks, I'm sure that is a significant point also for us. In Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10, the scripture says, For God is not unjust, so as to overlook your work and the love that you have shown for his name in serving the saints as you still do. God is not unjust. And we want to follow that encouragement that the scripture is giving us today. Take the time to thank and bless the mothers in your life. Again, can be a spiritual one, can be a biological one. Take the time to say thank you. Thank you. And then we can all be spiritual mothers. We can all be spiritual mothers. Many times we refrain to the motherhood, just a biological. Again, I want to encourage you, see and size the opportunity to be a mother for somebody else. And then, let us benefit of the influence of a godly mother. Though it is no clear express in the Bible how this influence was given to Paul, Paul is giving us the evidence of this influence. And let me tell you, the highest tribute that we can give it to our mothers is not to praise them, not to buy a gift, not to come in church because they invite us today to be in church, but being a believer in Christ could be the best gift that you can give it to your mom. So may the Lord bless us this morning. And as we close the service 
I want to ask all the mothers to stand. Please, can you stand? If you know that you mentor somebody, if you know that you have impacted somebody in your life, if you know that you have brought the gospel to somebody, we want to pray for you. Thank you. Thank you for standing. Brothers and friends, also we have a responsibility this morning to pray for these godly women. Ask God in the secret of your heart to bless them, to give spiritual sight of what they can be if used by the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we come before your presence in this moment. As a church, we are so blessed, oh God, to be in this family where many mothers are offering godliness to their children or to the children of a neighbor, a student, a brother, a sister, young in the Lord. Father God, I pray that as we read the story of Rufus' mother, we can also read in the next years to come stories about some of those mothers that today are standing here, O oh Lord. I pray for strength. I pray for spiritual stamina. I pray for a fresh anointing of your Holy Spirit in their lives. I pray that you sustain them, Lord, when they feel broken. I pray that your Holy Spirit will give them hope that their labor is not in vain. Oh God, give them faithfulness to offer to you whatever they have. Not what they couldn't give to you, O Lord. But whatever they have in their simplicity, in their skills, in their abilities. Use them for your glory, I pray, O Lord. Shield them from the attack of the enemy. Bring them awareness of the privilege and the greatness that they have in your sight. We want to honor them, O Lord, today. Because as we honor them, we honor you. Father, bless each one of them. Bless those uh, mothers, oh God, that have children. Bless those uh, mothers-to-be that desire to have a child, oh God. Bless those mothers that even if they don't have a child, they feel to be spiritual mothers for others. So I thank you once again. And we bless you, Father. And also I pray for us men, husbands, Brothers in Christ, that you give us, O oh Lord, the burden to pray for them on a daily basis. So I thank you, and I give you glory and honor. In Jesus' name, and all the people of God says, Amen. Amen. Amen.